two, three, four. It's the Chunk and Daniel Show. It's the awesome Chunk and Daniel Show. It's the Chunk and Daniel Show. It's all that you think you can. It's the Chunk and Daniel Show. It's the awesome Chunk and Daniel Show. It's the Chunk and Daniel Show. It's all that you think you Hello and welcome to Afternoon Yap with Chunk and Dinger. Uh, I'm Chunk the Punk and with me is my co-host and author of the book series, Ask Dr. Dinger. His newest book, Thinning the Herd, Why America Shouldn't Vaccinate Their Children, is on bookshelves now. Dinger Dog, what's up, man? It's great to see you. Oh, man, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm already offended, so that's we got one thing taken care of. And uh, I worked on that first joke. Like, I had so many rough drafts, and then I just I was working on a vaccinate joke, and then I was thinning the herd. That would be the book. The doctor, that's probably, that's uh, book eight in your Ask Dr. Dinger series. Am I correct? Uh, no, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, why not? Way it's, it's all fiction anyway. Um, sure, yeah, and I, I actually just want to have a daytime talk show. Me too. Like, uh, like that doctor. There's Doctor Oz guy, right? Well, the, my favorite show was. Uh, he looks at poopies. Whoever was the, whoever was the uh, the bouncer for Jerry Springer. Do you remember that show? That show was awesome. I don't think it's on anymore. Oh yeah, he's got a shaved head or something like that. I, and they would chant his name, and this stinks because like I used to watch the show just for. That segment, and I don't remember what his name is. I'll think of it later, and I'll interject. Just yell it. Yeah, just yell so, it when you think it. So how how was your January? Dry January is over. It was officially over what, last night? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, Thursday night. Thursday your, hat, night. your hat just fell off of your hipster head. Yes. Well, it's hard, it's hard to you know, what was, What cool. was your first drink uh, after 31 dry days, and how did it taste? Uh, I had a bourbon. Yeah? And it was delicious. Oh, my God. You must have melted. Oh, it was I, The way, like, I don't like bourbon, but I've seen you, and I've seen the way that, like, you look at bourbon the way that I look at my dog sometimes. <laughs> right. Like, where you kind of, like, hold it, and then you push it up close to your bosom. Right, right. Like, and I just, like, give me some give me some skin time, you know? Like, <laughs> we need me, me and I pour a little on me your, so we can get acquainted. Your kid comes over and goes, Daddy, 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 uh, can we go to the candy store? And you're like, hold on a hold second, on, honey. Yeah. I, I, hold I on, got, Evan. Yeah, Let I me got, put I you down. A second. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, so I had a bourbon, and then I... That was fun. Yeah. Uh, did you have any cold beers? I had. I had last night. I had uh, some Guinness. Yeah. Some Guinnesses. Did you uh, have them out of the can or? Did yeah. You go to can. A bar? I only get the cans. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. What and do you like? What do you like better? Do you like Guinness better than you like? I love Boddington's. I like Guinness much better. Oh, well, Boddington's is good, but Guinness is probably like. Here's my thing on Guinness. Is, okay. Is like. Guinness started the whole beer racket thing. I mean, at least when when I was paying eight dollars or ten dollars for a four pack yeah. of Guinness, it was four hundred years old and they had perfected something. Yeah. Now you go and get a four pack of cans of somebody who, like Chunk the Punk's Basement Brewery. When you yeah. open my can, it, it unleashes like a little Twizzler or like a, <laughs> a Jolly Rancher that floats to the yeah, top. Yeah, jo- like well, no, actually, yeah, the, the, that'll be my that'll be my white wine spritzer drink. Like right. you open up a can and the little uh, Jolly Rancher pulls the Jolly up Rancher to the up and, it, and the little note says, "Go to the fridge and get some ice." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, that's my. Uh, I don't know new beers. I like me some Guinness. I typically. Like I, you know me. Like I don't like craft beers at all. But if I'm gonna spend nine dollars on a four pack of sixteen ounce beers, I love Boddington's. Yeah, and it's a fight between Boddington's and Guinness. But I think Boddington's is not as as heavy as Guinness's. Guinness has got a better flavor. But they both got that wonderful, 
you can literally crack yeah. the beer yeah. and pour it at a 90 degree angle from like 10 feet and you get it never overflows on your cup i mean it's it's yes yeah, well it's because it's, it's carbonated with nitrogen i guess that wouldn't be it would be nitrogenated you could never like give somebody a, a beer with a bad head you'd be like oh yeah i don't you, like you here's a beer with a bad head and you're like damn it it's perfect every single time you know what i was thinking last night like i had my first guinness like it was my first beer do you like black and tans yes yeah me too and I took a sip of it, and it was really good, like it's just a little, little normal human sip. And then I like did the like I'm thirsty gulp. Yeah, yeah, and bad then, idea. Oh yeah, well, because you Guinness would be, you know, everyone. I think it's got a bad reputation for being really heavy, and I don't find it heavy at all. I think it's remarkably chuggable. Yeah, <laughs> it's not chuggable. Oh no, it's so smooth. But it doesn't like, have much alcohol in it. I feel like you know those nine packs. I could drink one of those and drive to Kansas. And like there's I, <laughs> I just I don't feel like that there's much alcohol. They're in low Guinness. alcohol. Yeah, they're low alcohol content, and they're low. They're actually remarkably low in the carb and calorie factor too. No they're, way. Yeah, like a Guinness has like less calories than a Bud Light. I did, I didn't know that. And, and we'll, we're going to introduce a new now with that statement. We're officially introducing a new segment for next week. What? Fact check. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Every single episode that we have, like, I listened to him and I was like, that's, that's BS. Like, Mal Pal. I, and I say stuff with, like, authority and fact. And then I'll go back and I'll listen and I'll be like, that ain't true. Yeah, and, I, and, I, oh, and, I, and I'm right. just mumbling Mario on 3, the other end. Mario 3 was not the first NES game that you could had a save state to. Mal I believe Pal. it was Mal Zelda, Pal. right? Yeah, it was Zelda. And, and well, you also said that there was no, I said that there was a Sega Mario Brothers, and you're like, nope. No, there wasn't. Yes, there was. What, on the Master System? I don't know. Dinger Dog, if you're gonna, if you're gonna fact check me, have some sort of fact to back well, it I up, mean, man. Well, follow us on Twitter, and I'll tweet out the photo. I uh, so I used to make um, uh, black and tans all the time. I haven't made them in probably six or seven years. But you know, if to make a black and tan at home, you have to take a spoon and you bend it. Right. And I moved into this house nine years. That's also ago. what you have to do to cook your own heroin. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, thanks for ruining my joke. <laughs> but like, I moved into this house, and my mom and my dad came down like maybe six months after I moved into it and my mom as she always was doing was just cleaning the kitchen and she comes out and she holds up this bent spoon and she's like what's this all about and I was like you got me mom yep like I'm I love heroin and see what I, I do, you got me mom what I do is I break the little the, the, the guard off the lighter so it can get a really big flame and I put it right under the spoon and I cook down the hell wow, dinger dog it's so good to have you back man <laughs> I was always after here the, after the podcast we really should go get Irish car bombs and They're not called ups, Irish car ups, bombs. Ups and downs. Ups like, uh, um, uh, what's your favorite drink of all time? What is Dinger Claws drink? Uh, Vodka Red Bull. Right. Yeah. Eight of those. Okay. I mean, whiskey shots. Sure. You, you, no, no. No. I mean, I, I, I take offense. I was always here. Yeah. Just like maybe you were the one. That's I don't. Gone. I, I don't want us to be one of those podcasts. Like, if you look at a lot of the podcasts that are out there, they really flaunt the idea that they're drinking during the podcast. We're just drinking during the podcast because we're constantly we drinking. Because <laughs> that's what we enjoy. It's not like a gimmick. Like, yeah, right. like hey, I'm going to get drunk and talk about history. No, no, no. I just, whenever I'm talking about history, I tend to be drunk. So, Dinger Dog, it is the month of February. Uh, uh, Valentine's Day is two weeks out. If you have not yet, start thinking about what you're going to do. You Gentlemen. don't want to be that guy that on the. You know, two days before, you are frantically calling every restaurant. If our listeners are listening right now, call whatever restaurant it will work for your lady friend and book that restaurant because 
we're going me and me and my wife are going to the restaurant that we had our first date at uh cap city diner guess who made the reservation my wife todd kessler <laughs> no <laughs> no my wife oh yeah nice so that um which one are you going to though uh, the, just the one that's right by our house. Okay. Before I before I met her, like Cap City Diner was my restaurant of choice. You know why? Meatloaf one sandwich? mile away from the house, right? Right. And it's it's eighteen dollars, so it's so wait a not too expensive, but you're, it also looks classy. Yeah, and, and, shit, and girls like it. Uh, right. So you're saying that the, the I don't know if I should do this, but I'm I'm already halfway down the road. The restaurant that you're taking your wife to Valentine's Day for, yeah, was your like. First date restaurant of choice? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's great story with how, like, our first date, it, she she does not love this story as much as I love this story. But Let's tell it to 100 so people. We got <laughs> there, we got there, and I did not make a reservation. So we had, like, an hour wait. Nice, nice. And, boy, there is nothing worse than having an hour wait when you're there with your first blind date that you've never met before. But, like, we totally hit it off. And I'm a tough guy to hit it off with. Right, I mean, right. I'm sure the whole time you she was put like, ice cube in your white wine too. Is wrong with this guy? They have a huge, um, they have a huge gumball machine there. And Katie said that at one point I asked her for a quarter for one of the gumballs. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey, I, uh, I know you are expecting me to pay for dinner, but I don't have a quarter. But we went. We we had a real nice date, and at the end of the date, like we're walking to our car, and. I, women i was 30 years old at this point and there's uh, there's a couple different women there's women that get uncomfortable with a hug afterwards there's women well, that there's are lots of different women. totally fine with a hug and they're and i didn't know what card to play right. so i threw out the hand and Ooh, i shook gave her the hand. handshake i shook her hand and i was like you know what i like this girl i'm 30 years old screw it you know how you're supposed to go 90-10? I went 1-10, where her head went back and just went in for the smooch. And she immediately called her sister and said, I just went on a date with this guy. I just filed a restraining guy. order. I just went on a date with this guy. And he shook my hand, and then he kissed me. And then <laughs> and he then apologized he for me. kissing me. <laughs> oh, I, called, I, called, I called one of my best buddies at the time, and I was like, dude, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Like, it, it, dating at this point is a joke like i've already had i've already had you know what tw- 15 years of just nonsense and feeling bad about it like if, if you like it go for it and i married the girl so val- happy valentine's day and i drank a lot of scotch at your wedding yes you sure you certainly <laughs> did so so dinger dog you are uh you have a long-running series of ask dr dinger right you had a podcast of ask dr dinger uh, before this podcast, and that's how it kind of got. You were like, "I'm too bogged down." Well, with, yeah, that's, with that people was asking me questions. I want to have a comedy show this with you. This is what Chuck. launched me to this. You know, like you know yeah. how you like it's, it's my springboard. I knew yeah. I knew it was going to be an intermediate gig. I was just trying to get to the app. Can I ask you? Or I want to read like some of our best letters from your old show, Ask Doctor Dinger. Okay. So our first letter is from Benjamin Blumpkin mm-hmm. from Smack My B Sack, Rhode Island. He writes, Real dear, place. he writes, Dear Dinger, I've been married to my wife for 20 blessed years, and we are as happy as most couples can be. Good, good. However, I have recently become more and more annoyed with my wife's behavior. Duh. Uh, oh. <laughs> she will often drink too much and then say things she knows she shouldn't. Things like, that Dr. Dinger is so sexy, and that Dr. Dinger is such a good listener. Why can't you be the star of a show like Dr. Dinger? So my question is, Dinger, do you think you're better than me? Oh, so wait, that's the question from Benjamin? 
Yes. Oh, I'm he just, wrote so, the letter. It, I didn't write. Oh no, I didn't write the letter. Just because it's in front of me does I, I not just, mean that I wrote it. The way you delivered it just kind of yeah. sounded like that was coming from your heart. Yeah. Do you think you're better than him? Well, do you think you're better than most people? No, no. Is it because of those listen, blue eyes? Well, hold on, hold on. Do what, Is it because uh, of that physique? Let me address Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin Blumpkin. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Benjamin Plumpkin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all about pronunciation. Yeah. Um, you know, Benjamin, I. I think that when you're looking for to improve your relationship, you should set uh, obtainable goals. Yeah. So don't try to be like me. Why are you saying yes to uh, Benjamin? Are you Benjamin? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I, uh, set obtainable goals. Yeah, set obtainable goals. You worked really hard to get to where you're at right now. A PhD in loveology. Right, right. Real course. Real. Yeah. Like it, it, it took yeah. a long time to build the website to give myself that PhD. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, but Benjamin, keep you know, set your goals up. Don't try to be me right now. It's just yeah. going to be too hard. You're Believe setting yourself in yourself. Up for fa- failure. You know, like Believe in yourself. You don't. You can't go from heroin to president of the United States in like a day. You know, you have to take some baby steps in between there, like crack, and then like you know, move your way up to just sobriety, and then you can try and be like me. Well, that's good advice. Yeah, but that's why you're Doctor Dinger, right? I mean, that's how this is how that show went. Here's my second letter. Uh, it's from Jessica Beaverton from Free Old Fashioned, Free Old Fashions, Florida. Dear Dr. Dinger, long-time listener, first-time writer, I've been dating my boyfriend for six months now, and the passion is super intense. I'm a busty blonde with an hourglass figure, and he's a well-endowed piece of man-meat. Much like the doctor, I might add, and she adds a winking smiley face. Uh, We spend so much time together that it interferes with other aspects of our lives, like our friends, family, and career. How do you juggle such a passionate love life and still make time for those around you, but not for the chunk? Huh. That's a really good question. Well, that's weird. That's weird because again, this these who's that? Who wrote that letter? Jessica. Jessica Beaverton. Oh, okay, Jessica. All right, Jessica. So, are you already trying to romance this woman? Like you're such a <laughs> Casanova. All right, Jessica. Well, well hello, Jessica. Yes. Uh, that's why uh, you're the doctor. That's I'm, why you're the love doctor. I've never been to three old fashions, <laughs> but I certainly have had three old fashions. Yeah. Um, free, free old fashions. Oh, free. Yeah. Oh. Well, three old fashions is ten miles away. Oh, okay. Suburb. <laughs> Do you have? Three free old-fashioned. Yes. Anyway, Jessica, you know, you have to set priorities in life, right? So clearly your your, your love and lust for your, your boyfriend is, uh-huh. is number one. But you need to make yourself number one, Jessica. What That's about me? She, oh. she was asking about me as well. Okay. Oh, what about the trunk? What about the trunk? Okay. It will tie it in with Jessica and with me. So I've been trying to get you over to my home pretty much every day for the last 10 years. And it's a real difficult adventure that i have to go on so, i have to so i'm gonna keep addressing jessica jessica you know make yourself the priority then make your man meet the priority and then by no means ever make chunk the priority oh, he will make himself the <laughs> yeah, priority yeah. for you like he, he you don't have to worry about the chunk uh-huh. the chunk will call you uh, he will text you incessantly. uh and he will send out a tweet uh, i will send out a tweet of the text that i got at 7:43 this morning Today's a Saturday. I, I made. I was gonna make you a nice bacon and egg sandwich. I was eating it and I was <laughs> dipping it into the ketchup. And I thought to myself, "You thought about me, boy." My buddy Dinger would really like this. And then a tear rolled down my eye. And I was like, <laughs> but he's not here. And then and then, and then you rescued a puppy yeah. and changed somebody's tire. <laughs> he's and then, not here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, our third letter. Uh, it is from uh, Sarah Top Heavy. <sighs> Real From name. Overbearing New York. Real place. Sarah writes, Dear Dr. Dinger, 
My husband and I have been married for three years and have recently come into a bump in our relationship. I'm attractive with a good body, but my personality is kind of garbage. On the contrary, my husband has got a great personality, but has a body that looks like a garbage bag full of mashed potatoes. Since you basically match my husband's overall deal, (laughs) what advice do you have for getting the spark back? Also, why are you so mean to Chunk? He's always really nice to you. Yeah, Dinger. Why are you always so mean to the Chunk? So, wow, there's a lot there. One, lot uh, to unpack, as you like. Yeah, to yeah, say. Like, like, yeah, like there's a lot to unpack there. But let allow me. Uh, How Sa- do you get the spark back? Sarah? I mean, you have a body that looks like a. a- a bag full of a garbage bag full of mashed potatoes. How how do you keep things going in the boudoir? <laughs> well, let me see here. So Sarah, it's all about taking what you get, and then like life's about the cherry on top. Yeah, right. Of course, sure. So if you if life gives you mashed potatoes, just slather them in gravy. Oh God, you're a little butter language, in there, buddy. you know, and oh, you know butter. Gravy can be a metaphor or not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, or and butter can be a metaphor or not. Uh-huh. And that's that's my advice to Sarah. As far as, what was the last question there? She uh, asked, why are you mean oh, to she chunk? said she said why are you always mean to the chunk. I'm not mean to the chunk. Oh boy. See, look. I mean, that's, do you see the look in my eyes? <laughs> yeah. Then we do. There's there is a small tear that just hit the pool table there. Um, Sarah, I, you know, you could also uh, call chunk. And he will come over and make you feel really good about yourself. Yeah, sure. Right. And he, I'm not a loveologist. You are the loveologist. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess he, we will help you with the, that personality you got. There's Sarah. Dinger dog, dude. It's yes. epi- are it's, we done? It's episode 15, man. Can wow. you believe it? I. It feels like it. It this is feels our, like 35. This is our Double Dragon 2 episode. This is another episode that me and you have been talking about since the beginning. Every time I, we talk about NES games. And we talk about uh, uh, side-scrolling beat-em-ups. This game comes up. I texted you because me and you always are kind of up in the air for what episode we want to do. Yeah, yeah. We said, listen, Double Dragon 4 just came out this week. Um, Classic throwback to Double Dragon 2. Do you want to do the Double Dragon 2 episode? And you're like, yep. Just start writing it. And I was like, okay, I'll get to work on all of the work. Right, right. You you do all of the background stuff. You be the technical guy. I will bring the charisma and the jokes and, you know, the handsome sauce. Uh, so I want to I wanna go through the a brief history of how Double Dragon uh, 2, how the Double Dragon series was made. Okay. So uh, Double Dragon. Can I sneeze really loudly yeah, in the ahead. middle of this? Uh, yeah. I just said, go ahead. So Double Dragon was uh, the creator. His name is Kishimoto uh, Yoshihisa. And he actually worked on Double Dragon 4 that just came out this week. We'll talk about Double Dragon 4 in a little bit. So this guy, he was working at Data East as a developer. And he was headhunted by another company in Japan called Technos. They wanted him to make more Laserdisc games for them. Uh, at, at Data East, he had worked on a couple of uh, um, uh, full motion video games called Road Blaster and Cobra Command. You know what a, you remember? You know what full uh, motion video games are, like FMV games? Dragon's Lair? Did you ever play Dragon's Lair or Space Ace? Does that give you a good idea? Yeah. It's like, you remember the Laserdisc? It's more like a movie. I, I know what a Laserdisc is. I have no idea what the other consonants and words that you just said mean. okay so they wanted him to come over to technos to start working but you're not going to answer me what they are it's just it's just frustrating that you 
you have no concept of video games. Well, no, I don't think that that's. I have a concept of video games. That's kind of a rare beast, right? No, no. Uh, well, maybe I just don't know the terminology. So. Okay, but so they wanted Technos wanted them to come uh, and work for them to make some more of these games, and instead he passed and he actually pitched them a game. Uh, he was a huge Bruce Lee fan, and he pitched in an idea that was similar to his high school days getting into fights. Uh, he stated that... Oh, this guy's full of it. No, no, no. Like, he stated that uh, at first um, his girlfriend broke up with him and, <laughs> and also that he was actually having some family problems at home, but he said it was mostly, like, his girlfriend breaking up with it, which is totally like the Dinger Dog. Like, I remember you getting in and out of constant relationships, and, and your temper would just go off. And, and I would... would, I would you'd const- take it out on me, you'd take it out on your friends, and then you'd just beat the living crap out of, like... All these people, yeah. Because I mean, you were and, so then, in and then, love. then a pink punk rocker would come, and I would smash your face. Like, yeah, and I would have big guns, and I'd wear all blue, and have a red set of hair. Well, that was his idea. He okay. was he was pitching it to Technos. This he, guy's full of himself, right? Because like, oh, a lot of these guys are. And okay. big deal. I mean, you don't you don't come up with Double Dragon by not being full of yourself. I mean, Touché. you you had Touché. to be a little bit full of yourself to come up with Doctor Dinger. Um, but so anyway, that was his idea. He he was in love with himself. He was in love with the Bruce Lee movie, uh, uh, Enter the Fist, and um, and he wanted to make a game that was a side-scrolling fighting game um, about about just fighting. So he went to work at Technos, and the first game that he created there was Renegade, which was immensely popular in Japan, and it was a precursor to Double Dragon. Uh, he refers to himself as the grandfather of Double Dragon. Um Dinger Dog, just uh, speak for a split second. Okay. Um, <laughs> so right. so it's, here's the thing. Me and you wanted to do a Double Dragon episode. Epi. Yeah. I never even uh, – I don't know about you. I, I mean, I obviously played a lot of arcade games when I was a kid. I, I sought out different arcades. Like if I went to a water park or a theme park, I was that kid that would duck out and just go sit in the arcade. I don't ever remember seeing – a Double Dragon 1, 2, or 3 machine. Do you? No. No. The games are fundamentally different. So because they were made on arcade hardware, they look much, much, much better and right. much, much, much different than uh, the NES versions. Uh, the arcade games have bigger sprites and they have much better graphics. Um, but, <laughs> we're, I mean, for Double Dragon 2, the story of it is is just like Double Dragon 1, where it's uh, Billy and Jimmy Lee <laughs> – and they are trying to save this girl. Are those named... the Americanized names? No, no. It was Billy and Jimmy Lee. Uh, uh, Billy and Jimmy Lee is like it was this guy's. So Lee is from Bruce Lee, and right. then Jimmy was actually came from his love of uh, Jimmy Page. Uh, what, what's the American rock band that that Led was? Led Zeppelin. Yeah. So that's how he came up with the okay. names. Um, so th- uh, these games have like epic beginnings but the story of it is is in the first one i don't know if you ever saw uh the nes version or even the arcade version of double dragon one but the 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 very first thing you see is your girlfriend and she's standing in front of you three punks walk up punch her in the stomach throw her over their shoulder and walk out so it is your job to go and find marion and at the end of double dragon one you realize that this girl probably doesn't want to have a three-way and you and Billy and Jimmy Lee fight each other. That is the last boss in Double Dragon 1. How awesome is that? That That's the ending. And whoever wins gets Marion. Could you play Double Dragon 1 two-player? 
Call? Uh, no. Okay. You, you could in the arcades. Right. But that was a big deal for the NES version was you could not play. It was only one player. So Double Dragon 2 is cemented in our minds of me and you right. playing it with somebody else. Right. right. So, uh, for but how s- awesome would that be as like a couch co-op? And then you get to the end and it's like... Oh, you have to fight each other. Yeah, I, yeah. I've never once. That's a brilliant heard, idea. I can't believe that. That's not... And and that's exactly how it works in the arcade game too, where that's the ending. Like both of us are trying to go towards the ending, and then we have to fight each other. Right, and then it's absolutely. You've brilliant. just been pumping quarters yeah. in, and I'm on my first quarter. And on, you're, yeah, yeah, even on yeah. So like, um, and on the NES version, you you fight your brother, but obviously it's just the computer controlling it. Right. So for uh, Double Dragon Two, it's actually. Uh, Marion is dead. So at the very beginning of the arcade version, like these goons come out and they shoot her. Goons, they hire goons. They don't. They don't show that on the NES version. You're right. just. You're just like avenging her death. That's why it's called Double Dragon Two: The Revenge. Right. And so like you, uh, Billy and Jimmy Lee are going after her. And um, uh, so this game was uh developed by Technos and re- released by Acclaim. It is. In my opinion, it is the best side-scrolling beat-em-up on the NES. Now, I know that me and you are going to have arguments about this. I think that you think that Ninja Turtles is the best one. That is also a port of the arcade version, and it's very, very good. I really – I've I've been so excited. I've been so happy to come back to this game because I have not – I will lay it out there. I don't think I've played this game in 20 years. Right. And it was it's so fun to come back to, and I am way better at this game than I was when I was a kid. My yeah. next door my next door neighbor had it, and he only had a couple of games, and we would play it all the time, and we would just get trounced. We would make it to like the third or fourth level, hopefully. But I I realized something when I was playing with you just a minute ago. There's there's two parts to Double Dragon. Number one, it's probably it's much much easier to play it by yourself. Number two, that's when you want to add the challenge is when you're playing with a buddy, right? Because then you've got all kinds of other things to worry about. You got to worry about getting hit, friendly you gotta, fire, yeah, friendly fire, knocking people into it. So Double Dragon Two, like I said, it is a port of the arcade game. It's got new moves, stages, enemies. It's got cutscenes. It's got a redesigned soundtrack. Uh, the retained two-player action of the ar- arcade game, but it strays from the arcade version with a lot more platforming and obstacles to dodge. And it, it features three arcade settings. I mean, you fire the game up, and I, I, like I said, I had not played this game in 20 years. And the and the first thing that you see is in 19XX. Yeah. I, I mean. Bef- it, when they stopped counting years. Yeah. Violence ruled the streets of New York City after the nuclear war. Even with the crime syndicates growing bigger every year, two young men were brave enough to challenge them. While their names were Billy and Jimmy Lee, people called them what? Double dragons. Double dragons. And I think that me and you would be pretty excellent double dragons. Me and you have had Would this you wear the red pants or the yellow? Or the... Well, me and you have had this conversation before where, like, if me and you were stuck in the wilderness <laughs> and we had to, like, fight for our lives, and I would just be like, sorry, bud. And I would either drown or I would just be like, I don't think I'm going to be all that much help. So if you want to survive, I'll just, just, I'll just give you a thing. little nudge over the edge there. But yeah. do you think me and you could be double dragons? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Do you get, you throw a good punch? Uh huh. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And with uh... that physique, I mean, yeah, we would be. I I think that I would rather take my chances in the woods. Not to put too far, point, find a point on it, but 
It sounded like you said porn there. For I a did say porn. <laughs> so find a porn on. We it. fired up the game, and when was the last time that you played a fighter game where if somebody is on the left of you, you hit the A button, That's and then brilliant. That, that attacks from the left, and if somebody is on the right of you, you hit the B button. But B, A should be punch, and B should be kick, no matter which. So way you've got a punch, you've got a jump kick, you've got a back kick, and then you've got those special moves. If you if you hit A and B and you jump at the same time and you do the knee, you do like this knee, and it's got like a sound Power effect. Knee. And it knocks yeah. them like all the way across yeah. the, the room. I've always had trouble getting that to land. It's it's difficult. It's yeah. difficult. Uh, and then the same thing. There's an uppercut where you got that satisfying sound effect. The hardest thing that I can't do is the, the jump uh, twist. The, yeah, the the twist, the, the cyclone kick. kick I yeah, think yeah. is what they call it. And you have to have really, really good timing. But um, So the list of enemies, me and you, when we were playing the game, like this is the list of enemies as they come at you. The first guy, he's got like the spike hair, and he's the guy that does the uh, the, the, the cartwheels. Cart guy looks like Scott Weiland. Yeah, cartwheel and Scott Weiland, yeah. There's only one lady in the game. Right. And Pink. she's like a 1980s butch punk rock girl i called her pink right yeah pink, uh, there, there's, the one, pink. there's the one guy that's got the the uh the uh he's got fingerless gloves on and he's got uh, pockets on his shirts i was calling him uh, street punk scott bale right uh the next... he's a set one that looks sad no 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 okay we're, we're getting to him the first boss remember with the helmet that drops right uh that Bane? is dynamo from running man okay <laughs> Uh, so the guy that looks sad, I was calling him Casey Jones. Right. He, it, I don't think he's wearing a mask, but he's got the spikes on his back. Yeah, he's got like he's got like the. And he's uh, always throwing the chains at you. Yeah. You've got the two ninjas, which you were calling them the the monkey men. Is that what you were calling you them? The monkey brothers. Oh, the monkey brothers. The green Hanson ninjas, and then there's also the purple Hanson ninjas, and then just straight up. Just That's what you called them, the green and purple wheels hands. off Hanson? for no big deal. There is a guy that looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. I mean, he, straight out of commando, big buff Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then there's another guy that looks exactly like Danny Trejo. Do you know who Danny Trejo is? Nope. Uh, he's from. Um, Am I gonna get scolded for that? No. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, he is from a bunch of Quentin Tarantino movies. Did you ever watch uh, Breaking Bad? He was nope. the Mexican drug dealer who had his head cut off, and he was and his head was riding Spoilers. on a turtle. He was a machete, machete. Did you ever see the machete in movies? Oh, oh no. no. no <laughs> Your no. pop culture is just, you're under a rock. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, some of the things that I absolutely just, it is so fun to go back to that game because the backgrounds and the characters are so awesome. Like, everything is, like, it's so it takes place in, like, a post-apocalyptic world. So, like, the backgrounds are just, like, neon everything. They're detailed. They pop with color. The character sprites look great. It's it's awesome. I don't remember any other games where this is this is so this is the grandfather of you know these fighting games. You can pick right. up knives. You can pick up crowbars. Well, picking up knives was my favorite. And I I, I have to interject this, and I know it's going to irritate you because we talked about no, it beforehand. But I swear that my NES cart had a two player mode. Um, I mean not a two player mode. It obviously had a two player mode. My Double Dragon two. NES cart had a versus mode. It might, it might have. So uh, we were playing on my Raspberry Pi. There's, okay. a, there's a small. Maybe we are playing a Japanese version. Maybe right. we're playing like a European PAL version. Maybe the American version that came over I, had a versus mode. I think you're full of baloney. But if you're listening, uh, um, our buddy, our our tall buddy KK. Yeah. Huge Double Dragon fan. So, KK, please text us. Please email as soon as you hear this. Where are we thinking that this versus mode comes from? Because I remember the I – mean, I thought I was maybe confused on the game, but I remember the knife. 
Yeah. In particular, like yeah. the sound of the knife when it hit the ground and like, because I think you could even set it up. I have no idea if I'm talking about a later version or what 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 part of my past is bleeding together to cause this. But um, I loved throwing the knife. That sure. was I, that was my go-to move. Well, there's other awesome weapons too. You can pick up a crowbar. You can pick up those bombs. You can pick up those like awesome fire bombs. Right. Uh, the first level of mission one into the turf. I mean, just a, like a, a great setting on yeah. top of the buildings. The first thing you see. They're is jumping that- so hard though. The first thing you see is that like cartoon Mickey Mouse that like points at you like you need to go this way. Uh, the boss fight. Um, so the boss fight, I remember specifically being a kid, and whenever we would beat this guy, um, the guy, the kid that I played the game with next door, he you only had a couple of seconds to do it, but then you would do the back to back move. Yeah, you'd, you'd be like, you gotta pose, like the you gotta pose. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, although I like that, and then I think. Uh, that that guy, that boss doesn't bring it. But is it the next level where you get like the, the the rock looking guy, almost like the not the Hulk, but who's the other? The next level is at the heliport. So that is when you start on top of the uh, buildings, right? And this is where it starts to become a little bit more difficult that you're running around with the second player because now you've got there's Limited these platform, platforms, there's yeah. these platforming elements, and not only that, people knock you off these platforms. You only have three lives. There's no continues. Ever. So uh, you fight across the building tops. There's that beautiful neon green skyline. Like I said, I there's a reason why, and we're gonna get to it later. That uh, that the, this new iteration isn't all that great because uh, just the backgrounds are so good in this game. The first thing that happens is that iconic chopper. It flies by, yeah, and and you gotta just yeah. like kind of stand up, and then as it starts to fly by, you gotta walk down that pipe real quick, or it's gonna shoot. Yeah, I got you. shot twice. Uh, the bo- the second bosses are the are the quick ninjas that we were talking about. You, I called them the Hanson twins, and you were calling them the Monkey Brothers, right? Yeah. Best cutscene in the entire game, where they're like, "We've got to jump onto the helicopter." Grasp, G R A S P, grasp. My absolute favorite level in this game is the battle in the chopper, and so that's where it, it turns it into that like sweet 16, 16 by nine view. And you've got the black bars on the side. Right. And the only thing that you are doing is fighting an onslaught of enemies. And it is so satisfying. Right. They walk through that door. And all I was doing was jump kicking. Jump kick. And then as soon as I would land, I would do the knee. And if you do it right, you can jump kick them right out the window. Right. And it's so sad. You hear that. Ooh, ooh, and you know they're, they're falling to their death. Yeah. So that makes you, as a nine-year-old boy, very happy. Oh, my God. And then the, 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 this is the boss word that looks like Machete. Mission number four is the undersea base. Uh, this is the um, this is where the enemies that look like Arnold comes from. Um, yeah, was that Arnold? Because there's one enemy that looks like uh, Fantastic Four. Who's the, what are the guys in Fantastic? It or you're asking the wrong? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, the the, the I guy. Know, I know what you're the talking guy about. that's the like rock guy, rock the older guy, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, isn't there a there, there's an enemy in this game that's that right? It looks a little like that. He looks oh, like a oh, smiling Bobo, orange. Yeah. The ugly guy. Yeah. The big burly guy. Yeah, yeah. you're exactly right. Okay. And then the version that has the long hair, he's the guy that I was calling Danny Trejo. Oh, okay. At the end of this level, there's no boss. There's just that platform. Do you remember the pat- platforming level where there's the two conveyor belts on the side? And you've got to come down. You've got to jump across to the other side and then go across the conveyor belts, not getting knocked off and just enter the door. And that's not where they have like the spiky smashies. Is that next? No, that's next. Okay. Um, so, uh, mission number five, the forest of death. This is obviously a forest level. Uh, there's the platforming section with the logs. It's not too hard. It, it is, it is really frustrating in this game when you die to, 
in because a of the platforms. Yeah. But this is like they're actually setting you up for some of the terrible platforming that's going to come a little bit later. Right. It's not terrible, but it's a very trial and error game. Like okay. you are not going to figure out how to jump over some of these things on your first time. Um, and then that's when you, uh, okay. So it's got that badass tank that comes out and it's got the conveyor belts and the steam. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that tank is like the whole screen. Right. And it's got, a, it's almost like a plow. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, the next mission is the mansion of terror. This is one of the levels that I remember being as a kid, like not being able to get past, but that's the one with the, with the spiky things coming from the ceiling. Pad. No. So I think the last level was with the spiky things okay. coming from the ceiling. Sorry. This is Sorry. the level with the disappearing platforms and there's like a spike pit. Okay. So you have to memorize when the platforms are going to disappear. And if you're playing it with a second person, you have to be on totally top of each other. in tandem. Yeah. Um, and then the, and then the mission seven. So I was just playing this game a bunch this week. I've been trying to refresh myself. Right. I never got to these parts when I was a kid. Because like I said, I never owned the game. I played the game over at my buddy's house. We'd always play it two player. This and is, you die in level three. This yeah. is trap room. And it is just, they are trying to weed out the suckers at right, this point. Right. Like the first part is uh, uh, these platforms that disappear from left to right. And you have to beat up all these enemies or you fall into the spikes. That's mm. not all that hard. But then you have to like jump over these conveyor belts and i literally died three times and i was like come on yeah, man like, now i, I gotta realize i had all yeah and then the last room is a gauntlet of enemies uh, mission mission eight that is the double illusion and now this is when you get towards the end of the game and you have to actually uh that's when you actually fight yourself and it's like a pink colored clone and nice. uh and then if if you are playing if you are playing the hardest mode, which I think is Supreme Master, that's when you have the final confrontation. And this is a boss with green hair, and he turns invisible. Uh, I'd never seen any of this stuff. And, and you like, beat I was, it, right? Do you beat it? No, no. Oh. I, like I said, I the farthest I got by myself, I played it three or four times. I was really, really trying, was I, I died at that conveyor belt with okay. the spikes. Okay. So um, if, you, if, you get, if you beat this boss – Marion comes back. You don't fight your brother. I think they just like they wanted to get over that kind of love triangle for the NES version. Right, right. They had to move past it. They had to move past it. So I think she, like she just like shows up. Like she's she's not dead. They say right. uh, if two double dragons like exist and like fight for victory, then like another soul will come back from the dead or something like that. So there's Marion, and you don't fight, and and there's two Marion. There's two Marions. So. I played the hell out of Double Dragon 2. I remember vividly asking my mom for Double Dragon 3 for my birthday. I got Double Dragon 3. Double Dragon 3 is nonsense. It is so damn hard. You only have like two lives. I think – do you know how you know how bad of a feeling it is to be a little kid, to beg for a game, to get it for your birthday, to fire it up on your NES. suck at it. And just suck at it. <laughs> and like play it like over and over and over and being like, what is going like it's notoriously hard yeah okay i think i and i was watching like um i was watching like speed runs on the game and i think the same thing that happened when i was a kid all i had to do was do the special moves right. like if you want to beat the game all you got to do is move. the cyclone kick cyclone yeah. kick like just cyclone kick every character but I, I didn't know any better so like a character punch, would come punch, up to me punch. punch him in the face yeah. a character would come up to me kick him in the back that's Double Dragon 2. Uh, and Double Dragon 4 came out this week. It was developed by Arc System Works. It's a classic throwback. 
Um, it's got good-looking sprites. It's got the iconic theme song. However, me and you played a bunch of it, and it's, phoned it in. It's just it's like they did it on a weekend. Yeah, so, yeah, they phoned it in, man. That's you, what I think. You, there's a difference between nostalgia and a good product. So, and nostalgia, much like your charm, charm, you can only chose coast so far on charm. Yeah, yeah. You know? Eventually, you got to pay. You're for not going to get promoted yeah. on charm. It, you gotta have a good quality. So, like, it's got all the right f- fundamental things. The fighting is okay, but it doesn't have any memorable levels. I think the controls are not. I mean, I, they don't translate well. I, I thought that the controls were fine. I oh. played. I played a bunch of it too. I, I was trying to beat it. You can beat it in like under an hour. Right. But there's no. I mean, literally. Me and you, like, I was, like, working on my computer. I was writing the script while you were playing the game. And you said, Chunk, look up. And you jumped onto a platform, and you rode the platform over for 20 seconds, and then you got off the platform. Right, right. There it was wasn't a platform. Nothing. It had no purpose right. whatsoever. You make one jump, and then you, like. There's there's a couple. It, it starts to get better. There's cutscenes in the game, and the cutscenes are okay. You're, you're going to, like, I think you're going to save these two girls, and then the girls are bad. I don't, I don't, I was not paying attention right. whatsoever. But. It's just a shame because uh, what's the guy that worked on all the Double Dragon series? He actually produced this game, had a big part to do with it, and it's just it's not very good. Well, so, and I mean, it's I only seven dollars, but I don't I there's I don't recommend it. Yeah, I mean, I was walking right through like chests and and items you could pick up. Like it was it was, and I don't know. I'm not very good, so that could be part of it too. But I uh, I, I it felt definitely like I think you said it best. Like they did it on a weekend or they just phoned it or just trying to rush it to market or something. Well, the problem is, is there is a market for people that want to play these 8-bit games. And there's been a lot of games that have been really successful with it. Um, uh, Shovel Knight was one of them. I don't know if you ever played it, but it was an indie game that came out. It exploded. Um, And there was another one that was in a Metroidvania game that came out. But the problem is, is those games had outstanding backgrounds, had outstanding... um, uh, bosses right. had outstanding uh, soundtracks, and that—that's what you want to see. And if you just have the mechanics of the game and you're relying on nostalgia, and you sell it for seven bucks, you're going to get a bunch of suckers like me to buy it. Right. But it's you're it's the sales aren't going to be very good. Right. Right. Do you do you have any? Uh, where did you play Double Dragon with your brothers or what? Yeah, that's the thing. I had Double Dragon too. At I owned that. And I don't you own Double Dragon 2 and you were that bad at it. You didn't even get past the third level. Well, give me a break, bro. <laughs> I mean, it has been, you know, three decades or something. So When I fired up the game, I immediately realized that I had been playing that game. When I was a kid, I was playing that game wrong. Don't worry about... Don't worry about the punches and the kicks. All you gotta See, I, do is spam those that the knee move, spam that arcade mo- or the uppercut move, and then spam that awesome throwing him over the ledge move. Right, too. right. The throw the throw move was always my favorite. Like punch, punch, grab him, and then throw him over your back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know I had it. I don't know why I was, I was never very good at it. It was this wasn't a big game of interest for me. I think we had it as like a add on. You love you love the game. Well, I mean, it was great. It was perfect. I was I just was not very good. So, uh, with Double Dragon Four out this week, I highly recommend just 
tracking down Double Dragon yeah, get 2. Do. Do, I mean, you can go back and play Double Dragon 1. Double Dragon 1 on the NES is only one player, but man, it's got a killer soundtrack. It has got a killer no, backgrounds. No, 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 no. Do not play Double Dragon 3. Unless you are a masochist like, that loves insane... Or a hero. Difficult, yeah, unless you're... Uh, yeah, it's, and if you're one of our listeners that could beat Double Dragon 3, please tell us, but yeah, you Double, spot, Dragon you 2, my chair. Double Dragon 2 is where it's at. Um, it's actually, you can actually beat that game. It's so great to go back to an old NES game that isn't impossibly hard. Right. You know, it's not Contra without the 99 lives or the 30 lives. You can actually pick up and play that game. And if you're not Dinger, you can get to like <laughs> level six or seven. Well, I, guess, well, I had so many cheap, de- I mean, you talked about it, but I had so many cheap platforming yeah. deaths. Yeah. And, know, and, like- and that game is super trial and error, but right. the whole time you're kind of very much enamored with the, the awesome, the awesome sprites, the awesome, the awesome soundtrack, uh, pick, uh, like I said, go play uh, yeah, Double Dragon it, 2. Don't play Double Dragon 4. Dinger Dog, do you want to take a quick break and we'll come back with a commercial? Oh, yeah, I need a break. All right, me too. Dinger Dog, you cohabitate with somebody, don't you? Dinger here, yep. So what if I were to tell you that there is a product that you can now, um, when you go to bed with your loved one, that person is only going to get to say so many words Ask so many questions before finally someone besides you gets to say, hey, enough's enough. Like, it's 1130 at night. We've both had a really long, tired day at work. I know that you like to chat. I, I know that. I married that person. Right. But, but if, I'm already asleep. But what if the good people at Moral Implications uh, love me some were to provide a product? It is called the Ask Me Anything Anklet. So what the Ask Me Anything Anklet does is actually it's an anklet that you can put on a lady. You can put on. Is this a, like a gift you give to her? Uh, or is it part of a bedtime routine or yeah yes it's it's part of a bed it's part of a bedtime routine so okay. if you are if you if you are a straight person and you put it on your wife she's going to wear the anklet on her leg so here's what here's what it does so they get to ask only so many questions before it's time for bed you know right. because i mean men men can do it too right, but right. it's mostly the ladies that well, they, the, really, yeah, I mean, they really they really so you spent all time. You spent plenty of time downstairs making dinner, uh, watching TV. You've had plenty of opportunities together for as a couple, heavy right. questions. Yeah. And when you go upstairs to bed, all you want to do is you want to watch that episode of Making a Murderer. You know, maybe you can get frisky <laughs> if you want to. Right, but you, well, let's be realistic. You really want to concentrate on going to bed. And men and women, some of them think that is the time to start asking really heavy questions. But questions like, uh, so when, what is when do you think of, we're going to move out so, of this house? So, so, <laughs> so the uh, the anklet allows you to ask more questions. No, the question is that the anklet is actually going to limit the amount of questions that you get to ask. It, the so wearer, the gets wearer to ask. gets to ask. Yeah. It limits the amount of questions that the wearer sure. gets to ask. Sure. Okay. So after the first ten questions, it's going to say, "Hey." You're already at 10 questions. That's a lot of questions so it speaks that? before bedtime. Nope. It's just going to give off a nice little buzzer. Oh, it just gives you a warning buzzer, yep. like, like a two-minute warning. Like, yep. All right, I ten, like that. 10 like, questions. That's a you, lot of questions. You've asked a lot. Yeah. Do you like my girlfriend's purse? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, what do you think about this Facebook post about Trump? Oh, yeah, I can't believe that they did that. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then at 15 questions, your partner – is going to get a low-level shock. Damn. And that's when it's like, hey, hey, trying to watch Making a Murderer here. Um, maybe we, we want to – and, you know, if you're going to ask questions, 
really, really be thinking of the most important ones that you want to ask. Because you're running out of time. Yeah, because yeah, you're running out. You're not only running out of time, but you're running out of questions. So there's multiple settings for the Ask Me Anything anklet. So either either they get until midnight or they get 30 questions. Oh, okay. So at 10 questions, you're going to get a low adept the buzzer. That's right. Hey, warning. Hey, warning. 10 yeah. questions, 15 questions. You're going to get a low level shock. Right. It's kind of like a cattle prod. Like, hey, like your bow is at a tough time. <laughs> He's had a really long day. So if you, so, you know, so if they, so if they. Right, right. But ladies are talkers. And so are <laughs> so, some men, mostly ladies, but some men are, are big talkers. At 20 questions, you're going to get a strong sedative because you are way, way over the amount of questions so that you should be asking. What I'm looking at the sheet here from, from our friends here, the, the product description sheet at Moral Applications. And the part that I really like is it's, somehow it's, the questions are weighted. So it, it actually, like, it tests your pulse. Okay. So, you know, like, if you're going to ask a question, hey, you know, do you think uh, – you know, Marissa should get back with Thomas. You know, that's not gonna. That's a one. That's not. That's like a one. That's right, like okay. a. That's that's yeah. Like uh, I don't really uh, like. I don't really like Thomas all that much. But Mar- Marissa's no prize either. <laughs> you know, like the, the, the three seconds done. Right. Yeah. So and it's and it's all weighted, and then it goes to. Do you think? What do you think that? Um, when do you think we should move out of this house? Five questions. Right. That's five questions. Like, should, what should we? Do you think we should have another baby? That skips right to 30 questions and sedative. that person is put out. <laughs> and you will deal with that in the AM. Right, right. I, 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 I could This see. is going to change couples' lives, right, Dinger right. Dog. Nothing will ever get accomplished. Yes. You will stay in a perpetual state of like right where we're at. And they, they make it they make it for the male too. Of so, course. So yeah. so say say your wife asks you a question and you have already you're already at nine questions. So you get up and you just leave the room. You're gonna get a shock for that. Oh, like so- that's inappropriate. Like don't don't do that. Like at least acknowledge that they asked a question and even if you don't care, please respond or you're going to get a shock. So when she says, Hey, um, this happened at work. I already told you that this happened at work seven times, but like, <laughs> but like, I also, th- this also happened. You can't just get up out of bed and act like that never happened. You're going to get a low level shock. Oh, okay. All right. So there's, there's different, like there's, I think there, it's like a set. Right. Yeah. So like yeah. you get the there's all kinds angle. of different settings yeah, and you can, you can, you can pair them. So yeah. like to kind of force you to have conversation, but limit the yeah, length and duration conversation. These right. are, these are the questions that are supposed to be happening during dinner, during, <laughs> during Jeopardy, during right. wheel of fortune, not at 1159 when they say, Hey, I noticed that you were looking at my sister the other day. <laughs> Why did you do that? 15. Right to bed, 15, yeah. <laughs> right to bed. Yeah. So this is the Ask Me Anything anklet, thirty nine ninety five. You can get it. You can get it for for male or female. It even comes in different colors, so you can match the whatever outfit you have. Is there an app? There's for absolutely it? an app for it, and, and that the app changes uh, the strength. So some people if you they can have personalize, drink, right? Yeah, yeah, you pers- personalize it. But some of the people like a low level sedative to one person might be oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, might not be strong enough for the next person. Right, and you don't want to. That, ki- that depends on how much you drink, how how much you weigh, how much you've eaten that diet. Right, and you also and, don't want to kill the person. And, if yeah, they, you yeah. also yes, your <laughs> anger. You can only change it once every six weeks. You can't just. You like you've it had it, you've had it, and you turn the knob up, and they go, "Hey, uh, where do you want to go for dinner tomorrow?" And uh, just knocked it. Yeah. 
So this is the Ask Me Anything anklet. You can get it from Moral Implications, $39.95. There is an app for it. Uh, Buy it now. Hello and welcome back to uh, Afternoon Yap with Chunk Dinger. Uh, Dinger Dog, what up, man? What do you got planned for uh, February? That's a question. Yeah, that was a question. Uh, Luckily, I've got nine more. All right, okay. Uh, February, I don't have really big plans. Uh, This is the point where uh, I look ahead to the spring. Like, this is cabin fever month for me every year where I'm just, I'm going crazy. I went to the outdoor store the other day and I almost bought an ice fishing shanty. Oh my God. Where, where would we use a shanty at? And I'm saying we because I'm coming with you. <laughs> we have the, I can think of nobody what? better what? to ice fish what? with you than Did you. you mean that? I no, really, I mean, really I think, like I think it would be great. Like you're out there, you're freezing, you're drinking you're And drinking then I'm beers. running outside and I just hear like wheels turning and rocks shooting. Like you couldn't get out of Dodge faster. No, no. I, I think I've been fishing with you all of one time. Yeah. Um, and the weather was not incredible. And it was I love one, fishing with you. Right. <laughs> well. You didn't have to uh, – well, let's, let's kind of revamp this story a little bit. So we're going fishing. It's early May, maybe? Yeah. And we're going it out on the lake. It was early May, late it – was, it was early May. Right. It's, it's still pretty cold here. Yeah. And we were going out on Lake Erie, and it was a cold winter, so the lake's still cold. And I was telling you beforehand, like – Layers. Dress warm. Layers. And it's like – you know, he's like, well, it's not actually going to, it's like, it's going to be 65 degrees. I'm like, it's going to be 65 on land. When you get out there, it's going to be cold. No, 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 no. And then, man, you, you were cold. And you let me know you were cold several times. Dude, we caught like 15 walleye that day. Yeah, it was awesome. It was I awesome. Mean, I was, was the best. My, I, I came home and my dad said to, to both of us, he was like, I've never gone out and caught as see, many that's fish like, that's, as I like the we did. there. Like, how, how is that possible? Like we, like me. I caught 14, I, I, you caught one. No, I caught like I caught like three or four. <laughs> right. Because remember the first couple of hours, I was like, "Man, this sucks." So I was right, like, right. "Everybody else is catching fish, and I'm not." And then I just got on this, and we. Caught, and the best part was, is I let you keep all the fish. I think we ate it one time, and then we had to throw it out because you don't know what you're doing when it comes to frying oh, fish. Don't swear use the F words. Word swear words don't at use you. I direct them at you. Do you still have that frozen fish somewhere? I'm Did sure. you, you brought it house to house to house? Yeah, no, actually I don't, but. That hurt my feelings. Okay. So we're past dry January. Right. Um, during the month of January, I read a bunch of excerpts from your journal. Okay, journal. Correct. Yep. Uh, last Tuesday was um, – or no, last Thursday was um, – uh, Come on. What was the holiday? Come oh, on. Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to read one last journal entry from your journal, and it's a handful of journal entries. Please listen up. Oh, so this is on Groundhog Day. I'm thrilled. Entry number one. So entry number one, dear diary, it's February 2nd, Groundhog's Day, and I did it. I survived dry January. When Evan Williams would be calling me like sirens on a rock, I'd have to shake off her temptations by playing my favorite game, eating $9 worth of Taco Bell. (laughs) Anyway, I've been really busy all day, and on my way home from work, I realized that the liquor store I used to frequent closed during the month of January. Was I keeping that guy in business? Anyway, I'd really like a drink right now, but I guess I'll just wait until tomorrow. Until then, I suppose. Entry number two. Dear Diary, something very strange is happening. My job is incredibly demanding, so most days sort of just bleed into each other, but today seemed very similar to yesterday. I really need a drink right now, but I forgot about the liquor store being closed again, so I guess I'll just have to wait until tomorrow. Until then, I guess, suppose. Entry number three. Dear Diary, okay. 
So what in the heck is going on? I swear to God, I've been repeating February 2nd for three days now. I know because my undies have fudgy stains that look exactly like the day they did when all of this started. <laughs> mm-hmm. On top of that, I forgot about the gosh dang liquor store being closed again. January was one thing, but now I really need a drink. Guess I'll wait until tomorrow. Until then, I suppose. Entry number four. Dear Diary, it's been four days now since this started, and I'm falling apart without alcohol. <laughs> I'm reliving February 2nd over and over. Every effing day I wake up with used fudgies, and every effing day I forget to buy booze. I'll check in again tomorrow. I hope I stay sane without booze. Until then, I suppose. Entry number five. Dear Book, booze not here, and I feel horny. <laughs> Days repeating, and I feel sick. Fudgies need change, but oh well. What's happened to Dinger? So thirsty, so fudgy. And then entry number six is the last entry. It only has two words. Fudgy, thirsty. Dinger, what the hell happened? That didn't sound like a fun Bill Murray-esque romp at all. That well, seemed like know, a dark handful of days. Well, I mean, I think that, I don't know, it depends on your idea of fun. Like, uh, I, if you recall the film that you're kind of referencing there was some dark parts where actually my favorite part of the movie where they just he kills himself every day in different ways. <laughs> um, Definitely one of Bill Murray's best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was cool. I'm glad you did. Well, that. you would you like you would never get. I mean, you wrote it, and, right, right. But right. you never played the the original Resident Evil. That was actually a play on the very first Resident Evil game where you find what? you find a guard's journal. And he slowly writes down his descent into turning into a zombie. And it's it, it goes from, they've got us on lockdown. We're stuck in with all these other guys. Right. And then the next passage goes... Brains! Yeah. No, it, it slowly <laughs> goes from... Uh, and then the next thing he knows, he's like, he, you know, this guy came in. I killed him. I ate him. He's like, my skin is itchy. Uh, he tasted tasty. And then the last two words are itchy tasty. Itchy tasty. It's, yeah. So nice, your, nice. your two last words were uh, fudgy, 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 thirsty, <laughs> fudgy, thirsty. Well, you know, uh, hygiene's always a challenge. That's the last of your diary. I right. promise. I All mean, right. you are a hell of a writer, though, man. I know. I really, and I, I really, and I really, I really like on... that. I really like that kind of meta. Like, not not only were you writing in your journal, but you were like writing in it. Like there would be an audience. Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I also like the fact that I'm a terrible journal hider. Yeah. Because I mean. You know, you think after five episodes later, I would learn to hide my journal in a different spot, but no. Um, so I maybe I have to think of some recurring bits because I feel like this is a one-way relationship. Like everything is coming at me. It's coming at me. I need more right for the show, time. man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm not being a jerk. No, no. Being, I spent. I realized I was seven or eight hours writing this episode this week. I would really. I, did See, you? That even... sounds like a big time commitment. <laughs> And, uh, I just can't wait to when I am cutting the checks, and you, and both of us, both so. of us know how much money it is, and I'm cutting it in half, and I'm going, here you go. Yeah, I was gonna say, and everybody's like, oh, Dinger, he's the funniest. <laughs> he he's brings... so cute and handsome. Oh my god, he's got such a face for radio. And I'll be like, <laughs> he, yeah, you're like, but I bring all, I do all the work, and I'm like, oh, like no. get out of here, chunk, you pig. And like it's old sixty forty cut. So uh, our, in our second segment, Dinger Dog, I want to explain how to make an arcade. Well, machine. this is awesome because okay, I am. You've, I, I, as I sit here and I think you follow us on Twitter because we tweeted out like where the show happens, yeah. where this magic is made. Yeah. Um, but I can see one, two, three, 
four, four, we have three and a half arcade machine. Yeah. And you're not a bazillionaire. No, no. So uh, if I wanted to have, say, an arcade machine in my garage or in my basement, I, I wanted, how do we do this? I think I think the biggest thing, that, the first thing you have to get over is the intimidation. So you think of something that is this big and you see, if you were to go on uh, Craigslist right now, uh, you're going to be hit over the head with $1,000, $2,000 for a brand new arcade machine. You don't need to do that. Now, this goes back all the way till when I was 11 or 12 years old, and we lived in Ashland, Ohio, and my dad was friends with a bunch of Amish people, and I was a huge arcade fan. Like, I, I, I love video games, but even more, I love arcade machines. I, everything about them. Right. Just you're standing, standing you're next in front to of them. Yes, you're next to somebody. They'll give I, you money. So much so, I mean, you can't see it right now. I turned my basement into an arcade. It didn't happen all at once. It happened over a period of several years. But when I met my wife, it took me a couple of months to show her the basement. And she came down here, and I'll never forget it. She was like, months later, she said, this is a serious part of your life. I see how passionate you are about it. I think you can have this for the rest of your life. And I was like, I'm going to marry this girl. Right, like, right. I am going to marry this girl. So the first, the first thing that I did, the first arcade machine that I actually made down here was – it was a half-ass commitment. Right. So it, it, over here, all it is is an audio stand. And right. on top of the audio stand is a TV. And then there's a bookshelf. And then on top of the bookshelf is a joystick. And in the audio stand is just an Xbox 360 and fighting games. That was my that was my first baby. Right. And then you could, the Xbox 360 has joysticks hooked up to it. Yep. Right? Yep. 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 So yeah. just think of how a lot of the uh, later fighting games in the nineties had this kind of setup where the, the monitor was set back right. and then there was a, a free standing joystick that would be up. And that's where the two players would fight my, what I wanted, what I had always dreamed of since I was a little kid was I want my own mortal Kombat machine. Right. I am a humongous, humongous mortal Kombat fan and mortal Kombat two is my favorite arcade game of all time with Street Fighter 2 being right behind it. I was obsessed with those games when I was a kid, and this goes back to me telling my dad when I was 12 years old, hey, do you think we could get the Amish people to make this <laughs> this arcade machine for me? He was like, yeah. He was like, just draw up the plans and it'll happen. Right. Like, like, like most things happen, I was 12 years old, it didn't come to fruition. Right, right. When I, when I moved back to Columbus, when I started working, when I got a place that was by myself that was big enough, I thought to myself, I make plenty of money now. Right, right. right. <laughs> I'm just supporting myself. Right. I'm going to do this. and But I don't want to spend a whole lot of money on it. You can make an arcade machine for under $250. You do have to be – you don't have to be, like, good at woodworking. You're great at woodworking. But you, but you just Was need – Was that a dig? You just need to be – you just need to be able to see – you need to be able to take your idea and I'm trying to, I'm trying to say like, you're you going to make it happen. You have to, you you have have to, to make you have it to be action oriented. It's what I, what, yes. what I hear you saying. And what I've seen as you know, many, many moons ago, a decade ago, I lived in this, this house with you. Yeah. And I don't know if the arcade was happening or was beginning to happen, but you know, I, I think that there's, you saw the wheels turning, probably the wheels were turning and there's a general thriftiness about this that, that I, absolutely love and i you know i won't gush too much about it but it's like right right if you know if if you had if you were making 
uh, six figures and, and, and weren't worried about it, you just go buy the damn arcade yeah, machines. Yeah. There's sure, plenty of it. options They're out, out there. there. They're beautiful. They are, there's plenty of websites. Can, there's plenty of companies that if you have a bunch of money, they'll deliver it to your house. Sure, they'll, they'll probably carry it down in the basement stairs for you. But, yeah. you know, for the rest of us, um, how do I make this happen? How Because I would think, one, like I think that Excite Bike would be really just I baller. can make Excite Bike for you. All right, well. Make me an excite bike. Okay, I will make you an excite bike. I, you know what? Me and you did not discuss this before you came over, and actually, that is an excellent. I can definitely do that for you. I'm like on air right now. Let's. let's yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I'll make you an excite bike machine. All right. We did not discuss this beforehand. I was going to make you a Mortal Kombat machine, okay. but I'll make you an excite bike machine. So the first thing that you need to do is you have to get the cabinet. Don't go the Amish route. Don't build it. There are plenty of existing arcade machine cabinets lying around that are probably broken broken or unworking the two things that you're gonna the, the two cabinets things, are broken or the like the components just the cabinet's not gonna be broken the cabinet's just the wood it's just right the right shell. so like like the whatever is inside is not working yeah. anymore so so here's what's up you have two avenues to do this if you live in a big city you can find a vendor so what I did was I went to – I live in Columbus. Me and you live in Columbus. There there are two companies that are in Columbus, Ohio right now that they take old arcade machines, they they repair them, and they sell them at an inflated price. Right. Most of these guys have warehouses that are filled with arcade machines that they're never going to get to. Right. You can go there and you can haggle a machine. I went to one that was in Hilliard, and I said I saw a Tekken 2 cabinet. We're gonna make we're gonna make um, Excite Bike out of right. a Tekken Two cabinet. Okay. I said, here's what's up. I'll give you a hundred bucks for this cabinet. I don't want the t- I don't want the monitor that's inside of it. Right. I don't need it. I don't want the joysticks that are inside of it. I don't need it. You can keep those if you want to. If they if they want to keep it, it's just less it's just less work for you because right. you're gonna have to take that staff up that stuff out anyway when you get it home. Okay. And then another thing you can negotiate is, hey, these things are very heavy. The, right. I mean, the, the My Mortal Kombat machine is probably 400 pounds with nothing in it, 350 wow. to 400 pounds. So you got two options. You can either negotiate with them for them to deliver it. Right. Because they probably have some sort of truck or whatever. Or you can get yourself a, a, a minivan or a truck. Right. So for, for the Mortal Kombat machine, he wanted it out of his store. Right. He, it's like I said, these guys, they buy up or get for free broken cabinets. And a lot of the times they just want the space. They want they want the machine out of there. This guy, he delivered it to my house. He, we brought it. I mean, I, this is it's in my basement. The, right. I, the, it's going to be impossible to get this thing out of here. No, I'm not, All I'm he had to do was get a dolly, and me and him did it, and we got it down the stairs, and boom, I've got the machine. I've got the machine in my house. And you're basically just got the shell, right? Yes, it's just the shell. So, but. That might not happen. Yeah, you may have to get your hands on um, a minivan or a or a uh, truck, right? Which and is exactly call, what call I your did. Friend with a truck, and you know, which is exactly did what what I did for the Rush the Rock arcade machine. Right. Uh, I brought it home myself. I bought so I bought this cabinet from a, uh, a the vendor Mortal here in one. Columbus, yeah. and I bought actually this Rush the Rock cabinet from a uh, a vendor in Marion, Ohio. The point is. All you have to do is either number one, find a vendor that is in Columbus and go and negotiate or, with yeah. them, or number two, just look on uh, um, Craigslist for uh, a lot of people are just trying to get rid of this stuff. It's in their basement. They would, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that like the, people buy this stuff up as a project and then they realize it's too much work, and so they want to get rid of it. So a lot of times you'll see cabinets that are ninety five dollars. Now keep in mind, 
you're going to want to you're going to want to get a cabinet that you want to look at you don't want to because cabinets come in all shapes and sizes you know they've had arcade machines from the from the 70s all the way up till the 90s um so the first thing that you want to do you want to gut the cabinet right so you want to like i said if you can get the monitor out and the controls out while you're there but you can also do it at home it doesn't all of this stuff you can get out with a screwdriver Right, because like, I actually do. Remember, I look like I'm tool savvy. Like I'm not. You're tool savvy. Yeah, no. I am. I am. Yeah. That for to, to this point, uh, listeners, all all seven of you. Um, I remember coming down here once, and you were working on. I think it was the Mortal Kombat machine. Yeah. And you needed a screwdriver, and of course, I don't even know if you own a screwdriver. Yeah. I'd have been 26 at the time. Right. So you you had like a Leatherman, like a multi tool. Yeah. And you're like. Using like the pocket knife uh-huh. screwdriver, on, uh-huh. and I, that's how this thing was built. Uh-huh. So I can't ever emphasize enough that this is not. You don't need. To you don't be, have to be smart. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're getting at. <laughs> that is what you're getting at. No, you don't have to own like a. You don't need a whole shop in your basement to make this happen. Yeah. So they're inside of the arcade machine. There are and you're not be, very smart. There's only going to be an arcade board. So like these old arcade machines, like it's not like they have all kinds of guts inside of them. They're going to have the monitor, which you're going to want to take out. You can keep it if you want. You can sell it. I am not going to instruct you on how to operate a monitor. I have no idea. Take it out. Take out all the joysticks. So you're going to have to open up the machine. Now, most of these machines, they have doors. Uh, as you can see on this machine right here, it has two coin doors, and inside you can get to all the guts. They all and see it actually, very well. Yeah, it actually opens up the top part where the, where the, where the joystick chassis is. So gut it as much as you can. The next thing you're going to need to do is, depending on if you've got great artwork on the side that you want to keep, keep it. But for the most point, you're not going to have that. Now, for this machine, it was a Tekken 2 machine. I did not want to have Tekken 2. Get, get yourself some Goo Gone and a scraper. And all you got to do is scrape that artwork off, get some Goo Gone on, clean it. And if it's not the color that you like, just prime it and paint it black. Right. And that's what I did for my mini machine back there. So... Only spend about a hundred to hundred and twenty dollars on the arc. Uh, only spend a hundred dollars up to a hundred dollars on the cabinet. And for the cabinet, you just shop around. Like I said, if you live in a big city, um, it's going to be a lot easier. But if you're if this is something that you're serious about and you live in a small city, just travel to forty five minutes. And like I said, just go to this. Just go to one of the vendors. To, like I said, a lot of them have a huge array of machines, and just pick one out. Um, but make sure you find one that you, that you like. The second step that you need to to, to do. I, can I? Please. I wonder if there's plans. Interject. I mean, for those other, I was thinking. You know, since we're you know worldwide now, we're we're freaking huge, and everybody listens to us. Like you know, in Idaho, it might not be 45 minutes in the next big city. I'm, but everybody you wouldn't imagine it. Like I've looked in I've looked in Arizona for friends. I've looked in Michigan for friends. There are arcade enthusiasts everywhere right but, and they I mean, are looking to get could rid you of just a cut it out of yeah well anyway well that's for another episode no ask the question well, i mean could you could just cut can you make the box or you absolutely you... could like right. i said you could that there are p- detailed plans on the internet that is for I somebody think, that wonder... is good with woodworking that is somebody and the materials that you're going to need are going to be a hundred dollars up to three hundred dollars right well yeah i mean that's, that's what so i was your getting best at. bet is to get an old existing arcade machine and got it. Right. Right. Cause I was just looking at like, you're talking about that much plywood or MDM. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually, in my job right now, uh, two years ago, I had a Mennonite guy that was someone that I did work with 
And I asked him, I said, Hey, you know, when I was a kid, um, I, I, I often thought about this. I was like, and he did woodworking in his garage. And I was like, how much would a project like this be? And he was like $300. And I was yeah. like, that's, that's yeah. already too much. We're already you're way over for the 250 yeah, yeah. budget. Okay. Yep. So the next thing that you need is the joystick. Now, now I'm going to actually be plugging the good people at X arcade. Um, X arcade. I have two X arcade joysticks. Do you see them right there? There's yep. one right there and there's one right there. They are, um, as long as the company is in business, they have a lifetime guarantee. The company has, they stand by it because right. I've had parts break on them, which is I mean, very, is very, very rare, but they, well, you mean, sent, we, they sent it free of charge and I was able to fix it by myself. And for that, just to kind of like to say that, like, this basement gets to be a party place. I mean, if you have an arcade in your basement, you want something that's built to last. Yeah, because people are down there. Joysticks. People, you know, like yeah. you know that cousin that you don't like is yeah. gonna come over and he's gonna drink too much uh-huh. and he's gonna like be ba- like these are not these aren't um, fragile yeah. things. You, yeah, yeah. They, they like I said the the it, the joystick. It's two joysticks. So and it comes with six buttons and they have adapters for every single system that you can think of for PC for Mame for PlayStation 2, for Xbox, for PS4, for Xbox 360. So they have adapters for every single thing under the sun, and they're built to last. Like I said, the, the company um, has a lifetime guarantee. Like I said, I have two of them. I bought the first one. I liked it so much that I had to buy a second one. Okay, so that's X-Arcade. That's $100. That's, for the, oh, that's, that's a big the chunk of your budget right there for the for controls. But that's, yep. Okay. But built to last. Right. So we're at $200 right now. All right. The next idea, the next step that you want to have is what system are you going to put into it? So you have all kinds of different options. Right. So I said For me and you, we are talking about a Nintendo. So we're going to do a Nintendo one. Well, are we going to get a Nintendo itself or are we going to get like some sort of emulator? You you have a couple of different options. Okay. But for you, I'm not going to give you an emulator because I'm not making fun of you, man. (laughs) I'm not making fun of you, man. But you don't want to deal with that. Okay. No, no, it's uh, – I already can – I mean, just looking at you, that's not something that you want to deal with. You grew up with an NES. You want an NES. We're going to put an NES inside of that. Okay. For 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 my for my Mortal Kombat arcade machine, I put a PlayStation 2 in there. You can get a PlayStation 2 for 20 bucks. Right, right. Um, and for, with the PlayStation 2, they have a wide array, a wide array of different arcade games. Could you put one of the mini NESs in there? Just hold on. Okay. SNK Classics, Capcom Classics, Midway Classics. Um, that, but what we're going to do is we're going to put an NES inside of yours. So we've got the arcade cabinet, right? Um, we're going to have to change up the joysticks for the NES. I do not think that X arcade has an NES adapter. They may. And if they do wonderful, more right. power to you. But guess what? NES had their own excellent oh, yeah. joysticks right. and they're only 20 bucks each. Okay. So we're already, now we're, we're already down, down they're probably 60 bucks from original. That probably gets And they're easy to find. You can find them at any used video game store. You can find them at online real and they're only $20. Right. And, and that's excellent. Get, that'll get us to, cause I think the NES itself would probably be more than 20 bucks. Or am I wrong? No, no. Uh, well, NESs are a little bit, more expensive, right? If but, you want an original NES, but like I have, I have one of the knockoff oh, like NESs. The, yeah, boy, they're only twenty bucks. Okay, and that one plays and an NES, can... and it plays a Super Nintendo. Okay, so you have lots of different options. The monitor, so you've got it. You've got it. The original arcade monitor in there. Guess what? Throw a TV in there. Yeah. That's all that I did. Oh, you could. F- and, and you're people, not talking a flat screen, right? Nope. I'm th- I'm talking an old 
old, old old TV, old Bluetooth or old what? What you call it? Tube. An old tube television. I called it a and, boob tube. And, 20, and most of these, most of these arcade machines take a 27 inch TV. That this one has a 27 inch TV in it, and my racing arcade game has a 27. You inch. could go to Goodwill tomorrow and get a 27 inch TV for four dollars. Yeah. And and, mo- and a lot of people, if you're checking on Craigslist, a lot of people are giving yeah, like, them away. Yeah, like you know what? They're putting them on the curb because they, they won't want them, them gone. Like yeah, places yeah. won't take them anymore. Yeah, yeah. So you can literally get a TV so for either free or for twenty dollars in, in, yes. in the twenty inch tube. The bezel. So the bezel is what goes around the the monitor, so you don't see the ugly TV. Oh, okay. all you have to do is go to Walmart and buy um, cardboard, the black. Um, and get a razor and measure it out and cut it. That's how. That's how well, I did. Like, that's it's almost like I, poster board. Yeah, poster, poster board. Poster board. All you, you don't. It doesn't have to be thick. It can be real, real or like thin. foam board or whatever. It foam is. board or just cardboard or regular poster board. Right. And, and and just make make sure that you measure it out and you make it look good. Uh, sound. This is where things get really easy and really difficult. All you can use the TV speakers if you want to. Right. You're you're, you're in and business. You're, good to you're go. in business right now. If, but if you you're... if if you were building if I were building this machine for you, I would just give you the TV speakers. Right. Because you don't, don't care. Because yeah. you don't care. But if you buy the arcade cabinet, here's what I recommend: don't gut the arcade speakers because the arcade speakers have the same hookups as any other speakers do, and you can put a receiver oh, yes. in it. And I have a, I have an actual I have a 5.1 receiver I have a 2.1 receiver in my Mortal Kombat machine so it's a stereo receiver and in my racing arcade machine I have a 5.1 they they fit right inside of there and all you have to house. do so like I said if you know a thing or two about receivers and sound systems go that way if you don't give a, if you don't care right just use the TV speakers right, right. it's the same. So, and then the next thing that you have to do is buy a marquee. A marquee is, you know, it's what says the, the game. Frontage, yeah. It's, a, it's what says the game that, that lights up. You can buy those for 10, 15 bucks on Craigslist. You can make your own if you want to. I've, I've made my own Street Fighter one over here. Right. And then all you have to do is put a light in there, um, and you can buy those for 10 bucks from Kroger, 10 bucks from Walmart. It's just a PVC light with a plug. LED? No, it doesn't matter. Just anything to light up the light in the back. Well, I don't think there's a PVC light. That's a pipe. Okay. (laughs) No, but this is good. So basically what you're saying is you like thrifted. Yes. So here, here, let's go back to if me and you were to make you an Excite Bite machine. We would buy the cabinet. Right. We would gut everything inside of it. We would put a 27-inch TV in it. We would put an NES in it. Instead bucks. of the X arcade machine, we would just get those two nice joysticks. Forty dollars. You have to think of how you're going to mount the joysticks because you're you're going to have to have them as sturdy as possible. This is the only part where I'm telling you you have to get creative. I was lucky enough that I was able to mount these. Um, the X arcade stick is made out of wood, so I was able to uh, put brackets on both sides, and then I was actually able to bracket them down to the arcade machine. Okay. The exact same thing for my Rush to the Rock arcade machine. The 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 the, the, um, the steering wheel is made out of plastic. I was able to put screws into it, but you're gonna have to screw those down so that your joysticks aren't going anywhere. Right. So we have the arcade machine. We have the TV. We have the NES. We have the joysticks. Your arcade machine, your Excite Bike machine is, is done. Yeah, is it's absolutely done, and it is 
like I said, it is, I, you do not have to spend thousands of dollars and you can switch out whatever you want to. It, dep- it depends. I wanted a fi- an arcade fighting machine, so that's what I made. But I have several of these down here. I have another one that's a smaller machine that has a Raspberry Pi in it that just has a just computer monitor. It's could just you, everything. Now, could you, this is like, I don't want to ask a question that you have to say no to, but I'm going to ask it anyway because this is a live, unscripted show. So I think with if you get into Wii's, could you like do like a time cop hack, almost? What or do you like, mean? Like, could you have, you know, my favorite arcade games still probably because I couldn't play them, were always the shooter games with the actual yeah. guns. Yeah. Like you, there's there's probably an easy way to do that, right? Well, uh, okay. So if if your favorite games are shooting arcade games, all you have to do is download the program. Now, so this is this is where things get a little bit more difficult. You're gonna right. have to get a computer. You're gonna have to download the program Mame. You're gonna have to have the ROM of it and so say you're getting terminator 2 and they make arcade guns that that are usb that'll plug right into that computer and you oh, can okay. program it so the when you get into mame and stuff you have to be a little bit more tech savvy but like i'm saying if you want to make your own arcade machine and you are good with your hands all you need is the arcade shell a tv a playstation 2 an x arcade uh joystick and a little so the bit joystick's a, all you're really investing. You're like the rest of it is just like thrift, going out there and finding it. Because I mean, you could just talk to your. I, I, I strongly cousin. recommend. I strong like at one point I had like a Mortal Kombat joystick on there, but I strongly recommend the X Arcade stick, especially because, um, like I said, if if something breaks, they have a lifetime guarantee on right, it. Right. Now let's scale everything back. Okay. Let's say you want to make an arcade machine that's even easier, that's less heavy. Dinger Dog, do you know what you got to do? No, I was trying okay. to guess. Okay, let's let's do let's go back to uh, Excite Bike. Right. All you have to do is buy if you have a flat screen TV, twenty seven inches, thirty two inches, you and a mount. You mount it to your wall. Right. If you go to Walmart, you can buy a bookshelf for eighteen dollars. You build the bookshelf. It's not like a full. You know, I'm not thinking like a seven foot bookshelf. Yeah. More like a three and a half. Yeah, more like, like a that. three and a half foot bookshelf. Inside of the bookshelf, you put your NES. I'm a seven. You're a three and a half. Inside, and then you plug in those joysticks. Right. You mount them on top of the bookshelf. You put an Excite bike. I did that for my brother-in-law, and we put a Genesis in it. We put a receiver in it. And we had the best time over Thanksgiving. Right. Like, and and it looks nice. Right. And he spent, uh, I think it was forty bucks for the mount. The TV he had lying around, so that's not very fair. The Genesis he had lying around. Right. A lot of like, if you are a video game enthusiast, chances well, we, are you're gonna have a system lying around that you can use to do this. Yeah, they're 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 system. I mean, particularly when you get into the PlayStation Twos, they're everywhere. Yeah. And, and like when you, I think you were talking, they they made so many like acclaim hits or yeah. whatever that you could go back and. And have like a multifunctioning, yep. like so you're not just stuck with you know, not that you would ever feel stuck with Mortal Kombat, but you could get like mm-hmm. multiple games in one cabinet. So like I, there are there are companies out there that if you want to spend two grand, they'll send you a wonderful machine that that is like I I built I bought this machine right here from um, He's Rec gesturing Room to his left Rec Room Masters. All right. So it is a bar top arcade machine. It was probably two hundred and fifty dollars just for the shell. Right. So you can get very nice quality arcade hardware 
but it's going to be expensive. It's going to come at a price. So I don't recommend that. Do it this, do it this way, do it, do it my way. You know what? I was funny. I was thinking about this when you were talking, like, I'm like, why would you take the old arcade joysticks out? And that this just goes back to my way. Because I can't, I'm not going to be wiring them into the original board. Well, that's what I'm saying. And like, that brought me back to like, when I used to think robot, like I tried to make robots when I was a kid by yeah. wandering around the, the university's parking lot and picking up, Bits of wire and yeah. nuts and parts of why cars. is this robot working? They're just throwing them inside of a trash can. Like it's got insides. Yeah, yeah you got to make it. They got to talk to each other. Yeah. So we're gonna I'm actually smart. turn your garage into a boys' club. Oh God, can we please make an NES setup in there? Oh sure. Just do it. Just for me. I just want a stand-up shooter. I want a time cop setup or something. Can we do that? I mean, like I'll, with the pedal and stuff. I don't know. Well, can you do it? Is time cop one of your favorite arcade games? I love time. I love okay. me some time cop. That's a lot more difficult to pull off. Right. Well, I know. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like, or like one of the, like. Why don't you go a little bit easier? <laughs> hey, no, damn it! It's my. What about like the Uzi mounted one, or just in, like Predator? That'd be like Terminator Two. Yeah. So, like I said. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more difficult when you're going into the gun situation. Um, you can actually buy guns. But couldn't you? Couldn't you do like a Virtua Cop or yeah, something? Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. So the the reason that I said a PlayStation Two is because you can actually buy discs that have a lot of classics on them. So right. you can buy an SNK classic and it has twenty SNK games, or, or Capcom classic has twenty. So you so you already have like a, a bunch of different arcade games already on one disc. And when you're fiddling around with a computer, when you're fiddling around with MAME and stuff like that, you have to get a lot more technical. I don't want to deal with that whatsoever. My brother, I would like to state that this is the guy that got me into this hobby. I I got to his house uh, probably about 10 or 12 years ago, and he had two or three machines like this. And I looked at it, and I said, I can do this myself. And. That's all, you, all you that's need all is you a Leatherman and some Will. Yeah, and and he's way into it. Like he he has a setup that has a computer on it that has basically every single computer or every every video game you can think of from arcade games to home consoles. Right. That that's not for me. Um, right. It's it, it's it's great for him. Um, for, but for me, I just want to play Mortal Kombat. I just want to play Street Fighter, right. and I'm going to make you an exciting machine. Loki. So that's our that's our second segment, uh, Dinger Dog. It looks like you are about to burst with pee. I got I got to go. So uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. <gasps> Hello, and welcome back to Afternoon Yap with Chunk and Dinger. Dinger Dog, what's yes. up? What's up, man? What do you got planned for this week? Anything exciting this week? Uh, no, I'm just going to part tonight. We're gonna, the wheels come off. Yes, the wheels are hopefully going to come off. So remember, it's, val- it's, it's Valentine's Day in two weeks. So please, please start thinking of things, Stinger Dog. You don't need to worry about me. I've got it taken care of, bro. So I-, I wanted to read out some of our ex-lovers actually wrote us in. Oh. They wrote us in some emails. Wonderful. Please, it, please name there's, there's ones directed at me, too. There's oh, ones that great. are for me as well. Great. So I wanted to read some of these emails, and um, we're going to respond to them as we can. Okay. So um, – I'm just going to read them for you right now. I'm ready. Dinger Dog, it's Mallory. Thank you for a great relationship. I definitely learned a lot from you and our time together. I no longer talk back to people, and I know that I'm better seen and not heard. Oh, stop it. (laughs) You were my rock. Take care. Do you remember Mallory? No. Fake news. Junk, it's Bethany. I hope you're doing well, and I wanted to say I'm sorry if I broke your heart. You were a steadfast lover with pecs that were chiseled by the gods. I missed the way you wore polo shirts every day and didn't annoy me by quoting movies all the time. 
My life has been a mess without you. Take care. Mwah. So you like let me the faults that my ex girlfriend have raised are what, that I'm some sort of abuser and you wear polo shirts. I, oh, there was okay. no reference of abuse in there, but Dinger Dog, I, I, I've, okay. I've seen the way that you treat yeah, ladies that, in your life, was, you, and it's very much a speak when spoken to. No, you know your place. No, it's, it's very much that kind of behavior. No, stop it, stop. I that was subtle. You got that by me. Dinger dog is Jean-Luc. <laughs> Didn't think you'd ever hear from me again, did you? I never thought I'd be back in Brazil. You were a graceful man, and you taught me a lot about fishing for the first time. That wasn't the only thing that was a first time, if you catch my completely obliv- obvious innuendo. You are my world. Take care. Moi. Do you remember? Uh, Jean-Luc? Jean-Luc. Love you, bud. Love you. Chunk, it's Dominique. Hey, you. I just wanted to let you know that you are not only super handsome, but funny, too. I wanted to let you know that I'm sorry that I had to move to Europe and your friends couldn't see how super hot I am. Your love was like a bulldozer in a china shop. Never change, except maybe consider going to the gym once in a while. Take care. <laughs> Mwah. Damn, that was hurtful. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Dinger dog, it's Esmeralda. You visited Mexico in 2005 and stole my heart. After you left, I realized you also stole 15,000 pesos from me. While you were here, we ate tacos, made love, and you promised we'd always be together. You also wore a fake mustache and said your name was Miguel Fernando Sanchez. I've never forgotten. I've never gotten over you. Maybe one day we can meet and you can throw down your beard over Trump's wall so that I might climb of it, a la the story of Rapunzel. You are my papi. Take care. Mwah. Do you remember that girl? (laughs) Uh, sure. Yeah, I'll play along. Why Dinger not? Dinger Dog, this is the month of love. Like, you're going to have to get used to it. Like, our, like our lovers are going to email us. They're going to call us. They're, we're, you're going to hear stories. And they weren't all directed to you. I got my own right. feel. I, like, guess this I, happens. I, I, I don't like it when people make fun of me wearing polo shirts all the time. <laughs> I know that I quote movies all the time. And that, and I know I need to go to the gym. I don't need to be reminded on my own Right, podcast. right. I guess that this is the price of fame, of our enormous fame that we're pain right now so me and you this is our this is episode 15 i mean me and you are uh, on a roll for the most part where are uh see listeners he's doing something with his phone he's queuing something up on his so but when we first started the show we got a little bit of flack from our ladies i I know that you would be like hey honey i'm gonna go over and record the app and she'd just be like that's all it is with you these days it's the app and and my wife she said the same thing she goes it's it's starting to consume you. Like we're laying in bed last night. We were watching Princess Bride, and she wasn't looking at me because I was rubbing her back. And she turned around and she goes, "Are you paying attention?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm paying attention." She goes, "No, you're not." And you're she's like, "What are you app. doing?" I was like, "I'm writing stuff for the app." But so so they're they're very supportive of it now. They right, get they course. they get they get that it is a hobby. It is very fun. We're passionate about it. So. But at first, they didn't understand that. So me and you started a band, and we, and and like we got a lot of like, like we were super popular. We were right. like number one on iTunes, and I wanted to play a couple of our songs um, that that me and you wrote um, about like our experiences dealing with our lives. So the first one is uh, uh, "Fight for Your Right." Jealous, it's the Dinger Chunk Boys. Da, 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 da. You gotta fight da, da, for your right. 
Two podcast. Do you hear that screaming crowd, Dinger Dog? I, I I feel them in my bones. I remember them. So me and you are huge like '90s alternative fans, but it was amazing. Like we started recording these songs, and before we knew it, like we already had all these like screaming like "Make love to me, Dinger! Oh, please!" First you were a podcaster and now you're a musician. And then we had our second hit signal, which is right here. Um, hey, wait, I've got a new complaint. You're spending too much time with Dinger Dog. Hey, wait, I've got a new complaint. You're spending too much time with Chunk the Punk. With the Punk. Now that sounds a lot like Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana, but that was I don't actually know if it our, does. that was actually our original song. <laughs> right. Hey, wait, I've got a new complaint. You're spending too much time without me. Right, right. And then we recorded one last song. This was our biggest song. Uh, we kind of like sidestepped at this point and we made a metal song. And it's uh here, check it out. Walk upstairs, hon. Walk upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, that happened. All Dude, right. me and you are just like, it's unbelievable. Everything we touch yeah, is just, on fire. Just golden. Like, I mean, music, podcasting. I mean, just fishing. <laughs> you, you're a love doctor, for God's sakes. You have thousands of hit books. Or uh, best many selling. best-selling hit books. Best-selling hit books, yes. Dinger Dog, that's it for episode 15. Do you think we're going to make it to episode 30? Uh, I don't think you'll let me Damn not. Damn straight we're making it to episode 30. Please please shoot us emails at afternoonyap at gmail.com. This is, that's your best place to correct all of the wrong that we do. Like, yeah, please. Like I am so full of baloney all the time. I am going to be laying out facts. Walk upstairs, hon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, at afternoon underscore yap and uh, please do us a favor tell your friends uh, write us an iTunes review I know that it's a pain in the ass to like actually go to iTunes oh, did we, and did write we, it through but it really really helps us can we us. say that we won that amateur podcast Carl? oh yeah 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 uh, that uh, if you are able to hear it tonight and vote please vote for us for the best amateur podcast it's the people's choice awards um, but there was like a, an, an other hundred group or hundred other podcasts that did it as well but I mean, me and you just, I mean, we're so well-rounded. I mean, I mean, I, how do, if we don't win, it's probably rigged. Dinger Dog, what's going on for the Super Bowl tomorrow? Are you going to come over? Uh, am I invited? This is the yes, you're invited. Me. Yes, my wife is working until 7.30, and when she comes home, I want, your, I want her first words to go, what is he doing here? <laughs> uh, oh, store-bought guacamole. Yeah. Good effort. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that last year. Yeah. Like, we all make this really nice setup, and you yeah. have the saltiest store. Oh, no. Yeah. Dinger Dog, who, who, who do you want to win the Super Bowl tomorrow? I want the Falcons to win. The Atlanta Falcons, that's a football team. Trump. I like and them. I like their players, and I like the way that they play two. football. Jonathan Elway yeah. and Thomas the Brewster McDouglas. True. Yep. Those are both real players. Yep. Actually, t- totally happened. Yep. No, I just have a problem. I don't have a problem. I don't want to sound bitter. You know, yep. Tom Brady's just a – he's just the kind of guy that, like, 
gets everything that he wants in my mind. And yeah. I, I don't think he has to work very hard for it. You know how like when you go to church, you're so happy that church is over because it's a week before church. I'm always so sad when the episode's over because I know that I'm not going to have this feeling and I'm not going to, I don't get to yap at you for another full week. <laughs> okay. Well, I, there's a lot to unpack there. We will do so next week. All right. Hey, so we'll see you next week. Thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in. Love you. Love you.